1: What call around me? This is salvage country, but you braid me a sign for with all my fabric score.
0: And no modern stitch me
2: Welcome to the Inside the Board's podcast. The podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. And now here's your host, Patrick Beeman.
1: This episode is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to insidetheboards.com audible so you can listen to the books that you don't have time to read while you're in medical school. In part one of this two-part episode, We first discuss the redemptive suffering involved in preparing for the boards as a medical student and also provide a little roast of Conrad Fisher, which you'll find entertaining, I'm sure. And then in part two, Dr. Fisher prepared a Get Current in Drug Therapies, which runs about a half an hour. So in a half an hour or less, you can get current in drug therapies development over the past two years with some random applications as to how this can help you on your exams. So stay tuned for that. I'll post it in a few days here as a standalone bonus podcast in conjunction with this particular series. If you, like usual, leave a podcast review on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening service and send the screenshot to podcast at insidetheboards.com you will be entered to win one month access to one of conrad's medquest products like the step two qbank and now my interview with conrad fisher welcome to the inside the boards podcast i'm patrick beeman I am very excited to have the one and only Conrad Fisher on the podcast today. Dr. Fisher is an award-winning medical educator. He is the author of numerous USMLE test preparation guides. You probably know him from the popular Master the Board series or the MedQuest Board Review platform. He is an excellent lecturer, a vexing lecturer, according to some people. I'll get to that later. Um, And has uh, produced uh, content for Kaplan and apparently has his hands in about 25 other um, interesting endeavors. So Conrad, thank you so much for all the rescheduling and finally uh, for us having the opportunity to connect.
0: My pleasure. Happy to be here.
1: All right. So before we get into any sort of board-related stuff, right? I want to know who the real Conrad Fisher is. These are uh some things that I found when I googled your name. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I I thought they were hilarious. Here is from one um a subreddit that says, Conrad Fisher. He's actually tolerable in person. Oh, that's nice. His vids <laughs> make me want to rage quit my life, though. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Um, And here's one more little roast. When I'm listening to him with headphones, I have to constantly change the volume. He screams and whispers all the time. I'm convinced he's trying to trigger latent seizure disorders in us. (laughs) So who is Conrad Fisher and why are people saying this about you?
0: Well, we can't learn anything if we're not awake. Yeah. So the first thing is to hold your attention.
1: John, ah, see, you see?
0: tricked me. I tricked you. I'm a clever fellow. So that's the first part of it. The other thing is, is that people can get a book and read it on their own. When people are coming to live or looking at videos, it's because there is that subset of the population that they want to have an experience of having a teacher. They want to see somebody acting out in their life, the use of the medicine. For instance, my last patient scene is like yours in the last 90 minutes. So I am a fully functional clinical doctor, and I see—I uh, saw 20 patients today in the hospital. So about 30 or 40 percent of my time is clinical, and then it's the books. So I'm also the residency director. But even within the residency, people want to know that they feel taken care of. So uh, one thing is to be able to have information; you can get that anywhere. But the other is um, people also see a reflection of the goodness of their own aspirations. So I think that people see, you know, to the pure all things are pure, to the impure nothing is pure. So for some people they will see a reflection of their own uh sense of calling. Yeah. That's the real me.
1: <laughs> That's the real you. But you left out a lot there too. When it comes to your career in medicine, so you said you spend 30 to 40% of your time clinically. Um, right. Then the rest of it's admixed with um, some residency program directing responsibilities and right. your um, MedQuest, other books, review type stuff.
0: And I'm also physiology course director for Turo College of Medicine. So I'm responsible for the largest part of the first year curriculum at Turo College of Medicine. So uh, I'll have a physiology bank out probably beginning of next year. I've been uh, dilly-dallying along uh, with it. So, and I'm responsible for the half the second year curriculum, what they call a clinical systems course there too. The content, I'm the editor in chief of that. My main role is actually residency program director.
1: Okay, and um, how many residents do you guys have? Ninety-three. Ninety-three. Wow, that's a huge residency class. Well, okay. What were boards like when um, when you took them? Because you're like thirty, thirty-five.
0: Yes, I took them in 1935. (laughs) Well, you see, all boards are – 96% of people say that they have test-taking anxiety. Hmm. 96%. 2% are lying. 1% is bipolar. And 1% is schizophrenic. So basically, 96% are telling the truth and the other people are lying or crazy. So uh, the the thing is, is that everybody's scared of boards. I remember distinctly how painful it was to study for step one and take two or four weeks to break my and be concerned about like, am I going to pass what grade and anxiety provoking like that for the international graduates? They have to have the same experience for step two. U.S. grads don't have it as much. Sure, But there are going to be people who are going to be anxious about all those tests. So I, no one can not worry by somebody telling them, don't worry. Worry is the state of our existence. All I can tell you is, one, you can't avoid suffering in this life. You're going to suffer. What you can do is have your suffering be useful suffering. And what that means is, The suffering that we undergo when we're preparing for our boards is voluntary suffering. It's suffering that is requested and freely accepted. And it's useful because after the process, we're more intelligent, we're more knowledgeable, more useful. It is the difference between a raw potato and a cooked potato. Is not a cooked potato more intelligent and beautiful than a raw potato? So we are in the process of becoming something beautiful and useful. Now, 16% of the population in the United States has major depression at some time. They're suffering, but a year from now, they're not going to be better, stronger, higher, faster, as the Olympic mottos. They're going to be the same, just suffering. So I say to you, suffer more, but have it be useful suffering. And it doesn't last forever. So yes, I and every other faculty member that ever went through the boards suffers too.
1: I think that's interesting. It kind of harks back to the concept of a sort of redemptive uh, aspect of suffering. Um, Absolutely. What resources did you use when you were studying for boards back in 1935?
0: I actually, I took step one in uh, 30 years ago this year. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you kind you very of, much. I guess. <laughs> I actually went back to my my, my medical school for uh, for uh, the, uh, a reunion. If people sort of go through the retrospective scope of saying, oh, it was all wonderful. I went back there and I said, hanging out here, being a second year medical student, prepping for step one was terrible. Agreed. Agreed. Pain. Yes. Like Mr. T. Champ, what's your prediction for tonight's fight? He goes, pain. (laughs) Pain. So uh, the answer to that is, is that at that time – uh I used what would be now called the uh, national the NMS books the National Medical School Okay. the National Medical School review books at the time uh in preparation and then um uh I think actually review books have evolved interestingly enough review books have taken over they used to be considered review books now review books um and q banks have become primary learning.
1: Right, agreed. But review
0: books are primary learning.
1: In your medical school career in particular Any test-taking failures? What's that word you use? Any test-taking failures ever?
0: That word? That last word?
1: Failures. I shouldn't have said it. Any test-taking speed bumps, roadblocks?
0: I only have marriage failures, but I'm a very good deal. Each wife comes with two kids, a condo, and lifelong cell phone service. But the key is that I moved five blocks down, so my first wife and the other kids only live five blocks from me here. The proximity control. That is awesome, actually. I it i is. envy you.
1: I just realized I want to be Conrad Fisher, which is weird.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, when I, Later on, I'm going to sell timeshares in myself, OK? I, I, I can be your avatar. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the failure issue is that I would say there's the experience of, for instance, I was suspended from my internship for insubordination. That's a, a type of failure. You know, I was always heard the resident. Would say, uh, check that CBC. Why? Well, because I want to document it. Why? Well, I want to follow up. Yeah, but it's been normal for four days in a row. Why do we have to do that? You know, because I'm telling you, to, Fisher. Well, in that case, get it yourself. And I would be suspended for insubordination. The following year, I was made chief resident. I said, I thought I was suspended. I thought I was insubordinate. They go, that was last year. Now it's leadership. <laughs> So oh, I would funny. say that that is a true story and that is a type of failure. OK, so it's not failure so much on boards. I, what other failure? I didn't get into medical school till the very last minute I got into medical school in the United States the day before classes started. Yes, I was desperate. So I left the country and I moved to Poland. Was desperate. I didn't. I knew I had a calling and I, and I didn't think I was getting into medical school. And then the last minute I got in two too.
1: Wait, were you going to go to Lublin or somewhere in Poland or?
0: Was it uh, Krakow, the Aguilonian.
1: Oh, okay. That's where John Paul II studied. Quite right.
0: Uh, the former Karol Wojtyła. Karol Wojtyła. You're uh, making me
1: realize. I know a lot of trivia about where people um, did their academic history.
0: <laughs> you no, know, I think it's because it's important to you, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's uh, your experience, of connection. Okay, he's my a great pope. It was a great pope, John Paul. He was. Do you know he, was, he lived? He was two years in a concentration camp. Yes. Yes that yeah, you are a real what they call paper file
1: i am actually so i'd like to move into talking a little bit about master the boards and medquest and essentially the conrad fisher brand so how did master the boards come about
0: uh, because i was mainly wanting to make more stuff than kaplan had the capacity to do The other thing is, is that Kaplan is a a, a publisher, but they're a big, huge corporation. They can't be indulging Conrad's need for boutique items. You know, I may want to make a lot of things. I wanted to make a a course on physical findings, which is called Get Physical.
1: That's an excellent name.
0: Yes, exactly. It's like the Olivia Newton John, you know, sort of uh, review course there. <laughs> and so, and I want to make uh, uh, an OMM course for the osteopathic students. And so, Kaplan has to do big things. They can't just uh, run like a small boutique item. So, I would say the relationship I have with that now is perfect. My big items, like the Master of the Boards two and three books, are with Kaplan as my publisher, smaller books are with McGraw. I have them all for step three of CCS with McGraw, CCS books and uh, medicine, peds, surgery, and uh, uh, OBGYN for for, for McGraw-Hill. Uh, so, and then with MedQuest, I do it more whimsically. So I would call it, it's more like an artist's collective. We take people who want to make things that we think are useful and we make them. They're of very high quality and I don't have to worry as much about, I don't have to hit a home run with every one of them. Yeah. One of the biggest things that just I just came out with though that was very important to me is I just spent a very long time writing a step two QBank bank with yeah. twenty one hundred questions. It is pretty much the closest thing there is to a single author Q bank. There's nobody else writing the questions and then I edit them down. It is meme. I, I wrote 1,200 of the questions personally, and then 200 peds, 200 psych, 200 OB were written by other people in those areas. But even stylistically, they have to conform to my standards on things.
1: So you serve somewhat as an editor, at least?
0: 100% because at the end of the day, it's like the books, the, even the peds, OB, and surgery and psych sections have to be stylistically synthetic. So uh, passing that bank out, Was like having a ten-pound baby, Uh, and you know it it was. It's like I needed an intellectual episiotomy, like you couldn't believe.
1: Wow, that is a very vivid. And I'm an OB, a vivid uh, metaphor.
0: But what's doing with making MedQuest is just like that. I want to be able to come out with things as they come out of my out of produced out of my mind, like Athena coming out of the head of Zeus. There are these things that just are on my mind. That I have to get out. And so the same way, if an artist is a real artist, he has to draw or paint or sculpt almost every day. I create something in medical educational content uh, five to seven days a week.
1: Okay, so you talked about this um, level two or uh, step two Cubank. Um, I'm sure it could be used for level two of the the Comlex as well. Yes who should use that is it just people studying like their last two to four weeks for um their step two exam the step two q
0: bank can be used for shelf okay uh the step two q bank could be used for step three i'm not going to come out with a step three q bank anytime soon it took too long to write this uh i think that people can use it as they're preparing through the third year of medical school for for anything uh also the way the questions are written It's like if you went through cardiology, you would see a question on congestive failure presentation, physical findings, testing, treatment. Coronary disease presentation, physical findings, treatment, testing. So it basically is not a a cherry picking of questions. It is covering every single thing in that area so that if you go through the questions, you can say, can I be certain that I've seen a question on every RTA on every piece of the nephron? Yes.
1: So you've got the level two. What is the most popular thing that MedQuest does?
0: The step three videos, it's paired with the master of the boards book and the step three videos for sure. The uh, uh, the biggest thing. And they were the first thing we've done. I also think that a lot of, not every, a lot of people yet know that I put up step three, step two videos a few months ago. So that's brand new. Basically I don't have the time and the ability to go around and do my live class, like where I'm writing on the board as I've done for 25 years. I don't have the time to do that anymore. Okay, so in other words, being the residency director, but I wanted to get it out there. So I do live step two class twice a year now. Yeah, And um, and so I wanted to put my whole step two live class on video. That went up a couple months ago. But the biggest thing that we have is the step three video because people want to have a book, a class, and a QBank. A book, a class, a QBank. So you want a primary learning, a form of review, and then a way to assess, did you actually learn it?
1: Yep. And I think those are three very essential portions or parts to learning any portion of medicine. So Right. Is that, that step three um, video lecture series and its related content, is that what you're most proud of um, as far as what you've produced for MedQuest or, or anything in medical education?
0: Um, I would say to proud of that's an interesting frame of it because you know the thing is i, I really am proud of of I, I don't want to sound cutesy like this but i'm really proud of all of them because they were um it's like i never stopped loving any of the people i used to be in love with i just may not be right now so i'm proud of all of them in the same in the same sense that they were okay for the time
1: all right, Dr. Fisher, but let's say you're the patient, all right? This is a review of systems. I'm going to you can't just say yes to all of them. You have to choose one. Which which uh, thing did you how about enjoy working the most on?
0: The step 2 videos because it's the guts of my 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 it is my identity at the board of okay. what would be a live interactive class constructing it and synthesizing it at a whiteboard with markers where you watch the process of creation.
1: I like whiteboard and I like markers. So are you not a fan, just curious, uh, of PowerPoint?
0: Uh, PowerPoint is uh, what you do if people are really nervous and they want to go line by line. I think that um, the, it's more for synthesis of knowledge that a whiteboard and markers is the best for putting it together in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like why we have to have children instead of just having a bunch of ready-made adults. It is the process of creation that makes it our own. Uh,
1: Often people who um, use that form of lecture style tend to be more interesting as lecturers and more nowadays, the minority of, of, uh, of educators, I think who don't employ things like Prezi or PowerPoint. Um, I, I definitely would rather hear a lecture from somebody who can, distill content with a marker and a, and a whiteboard than has all these fancy video um, animations and, and things of that nature. Um, conceptually, it helps. Thank you so much. Hey, Thanks, Patrick. Nice to meet you. You too, sir. Have a good day. Peace. Bye. Thanks to James from Two O'Clock Courage for letting us use an excerpt from The Valentine Blast Furnace off the 2016 album Missilette. Two O'Clock Courage is the best band you've never heard of. You can listen to their music on Spotify and follow them on Twitter at Two O'Clock Courage. That's at the number two O'Clock Courage. Thanks, guys, for letting us use the song. We really appreciate it.
2: Inside the Boards is in no way affiliated with the United States Medical Licensing Examination, Comprehensive Osteopathic Medical License Examination, National Board of Medical Examiners, the National Council of State Boards of Nursing, National Board of Osteopathic Medical Examiners, or any other licensing or examination body. All exam names and other trademarks are the property of the respective trademark owners. Content discussed during the program is the property of inside the boards or the attributed trademark owner and may not be reproduced without permission from the appropriate entity. Inside the Boards fully adheres to the respective policies on irregular behavior outlined by the aforementioned credentialing bodies.